This morning we're going to be in the 71st chapter of Psalm. The 71st chapter of Psalms. And as you're finding your place there, I'm going to share a story with you all that is personal to me. But this morning, you've heard me over the years talk about my grandfather on my mother's side of the family. Uh, He was a man who was self-employed basically all the years that I was old enough to pay attention and to be aware of what he was doing with his life. And he was a man who worked hard. He was a man who uh, was diligent in his business and his work. And he was a good man in many, many, many regards. And so he was one in the family that we all looked up to, that we admired, that we had a lot of respect for. And on July 19th, 1993, something that completely surprised us and something that completely shocked us was whenever we got news that he had died from a massive heart attack. It was unexpected. It was not anything that any of us were even remotely prepared for. And so when that call came that he had died from that heart attack, of course, we were shocked and we were devastated and we were just kind of in a sense of disbelief, and you understand how that works. But you also understand how this works, that at the appropriate time, you have to kind of go through things, and you have to get rid of things, and you have to move on with life. And so I remember whenever that time came, there was this time where the shop had to be gone through and tools had to be divided between the sons and the son-in-law and and this possession had to be given here and this position possession had to be given here and and you understand just things had to be divided up and things had to be given away and then you try to do so equally and you try to do so without offending people or hurting people's feelings and so it came to this point where it was time to get rid of some of granddad's jewelry because he had a few rings that he liked to wear and Again, some of you I know have heard this story, but one son got this ring, another son got this ring, a son-in-law got this ring, and my brother, who was the oldest grandson, he got a ring that my granddad would wear. And of all the things that were given to family members, of all the things that were given to each of us, probably the most valuable of possessions that was given to one of his sons was something that from a monetary standpoint had no value or very little value associated with it. That gift was the paratrooper ring that my grandma had made for my granddad as a result of his time in World War II because of all the stories it would evoke and all the memories that it would bring back. And so while it didn't hold a lot of monetary value, Of all the things that were passed on to the next generation, that was the most valuable and that was the most sought after of us kids. Now this morning as we think about that, again I want to deal with the principle of it in a few moments, but as we're in Psalm chapter 71 this morning, I think most of us know this, that David is the one who wrote this psalm and he is the one who penned these words and as would be common for most of these psalms, or many of them at least, This is a prayer that was recorded to God from David. So this would have been a prayer that David offered unto the Lord that he took the time to write down, to put pen to paper, so to speak. And by the grace of God, it's been preserved for us, for our benefit and for our help. And and as we think about David, the writer of this psalm, I want us to think about something most of us know, but we wouldn't come to church thinking about today necessarily. But I want us to think about the relationship that David had with the Lord in the early days of his life. 
When you think about the fact that David was a young man who sat many days, you would assume, based upon his profession, watching the sheep, as you think about what he would spend many of his days doing, sitting on the countryside somewhere, watching the sheep, what you begin to realize is this from the different psalms that are written and again recorded for us. It seems obvious that David enjoyed a unique relationship with God from a young man's perspective. Most young men do not seem to enjoy the kind of depth of relationship with God that David seemed to enjoy. And so here is David, and he enjoys this relationship with God at a level that most young men will never know, will never achieve, or anything of that nature. And, and, and not only did David have this unique relationship with God that was foreign to most young people in his days, David also was able to experience things that not very many people would be able to experience. He had known so many things by way of the provision of God, the protection of God, the grace of God. You think about the stories of the times that he fought the lion and the bear. You think of that occasion where he stood before Goliath as a small young man in comparison to Goliath, the great mighty warrior. And David was victorious each time because of the power of God working in his life. And then as David continues on through life and he is anointed to be the next king of Israel to follow Saul, we know that Saul spent many days and many weeks pursuing David in hopes of destroying him so as to be able to preserve the kingdom for his son Jonathan. And over and over again, David was able to escape and he was able to survive because of the grace of God working in his life. You remember this, don't you? So here is David, and he has enjoyed a unique relationship with God as a young man, something that would have been strange, something that would have been foreign by way of most young men's relationship with God. He enjoyed the protection of God, the provision of God in so many different areas of his life. And then one day he finds himself as the king of Israel. Friends, in their day, there was no greater seat of power or authority or success or wealth or riches than what David would have known. David was a man who had seen much, who had accomplished much, who had lived through much. David was a man who had, again, a unique life and certainly an interesting life. So as you keep that in mind, you begin reading in verse number one of chapter 71, and he says, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. And so as you continue reading down through the chapter, as I've already said, this is a prayer that is recorded by David to God. And it's in verse number 17 this morning that I want us to pick up on the message and where I want us to spend our time today. In verse number 17, here is what David says. And we don't know exactly when this psalm was written. We don't know at exactly what stage of life in which this was written. But notice it says in verse number 17, he says, O God, thou hast taught me from my youth. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth. What does it mean when David says that God had taught him since his youth? It simply means this, 
that God from my time as a young person, God from, from those years of my life when I was a young man, here is what you have been. You have been my teacher and you have been my instructor. God, it is you that has been my guide. Now again, most young people could not make that declaration because they do not spend the years of their youth letting the Lord lead them and guide them and teach them and be their instructor. You would have to agree with that if you just look at society as a whole. That is not where most men are at letting the Lord lead them from an early stage in their life. But for David, that was true. He said, God, from my youth, thou hast taught me. He goes on to say this, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. So what does it mean whenever he says, and hitherto, it means this, and up to this point. So up to this point, David says, I have declared thy wondrous, thy marvelous, thy amazing, thy incredible works. So again, if you just look at verse number 17 very quickly and you try to paraphrase it, here is what David tries to convey in this one simple verse. God, you have been my teacher. God, from a youth, you have been the one who has instructed, who has led, who has given guidance. God, that has been you. And to this point in my life, I have done everything I can to declare your wondrous works in my life. It's quite the testimony if you think about it. So as you think about that, it transitions obviously into verse number 18. In verse number 18 he says, Now also when I am old and gray-headed. Now also when I am old and gray-headed. What does that seem to indicate? Well, it seems to indicate this, that at this stage in his life where David was at, he did not quite yet feel as though he could call himself an old man. Okay? He says, when I am old. So David may still look at himself at this stage when he is penning these words and, and expressing these thoughts and writing this prayer. He's probably looking at himself saying something like this, I'm not really an old man. And, and he says, but when I am old and gray-headed, so what is David doing? Well, David then is obviously looking ahead. God, should there come a day when I'm allowed to be that old man? Should there be the day that I am allowed to be that gray-headed man? He says next, by way of prayer, he says, O oh God, forsake me not. O oh God, forsake me not. What does it mean to forsake? It means this, to leave or to abandon. To leave or to abandon. And so here is this prayer that David is communicating once more to God. God, when I am old and when I am gray-headed, here's what I'm asking you to do. Please do not forsake me. Do not abandon me. And I think David knew that God would not forsake him, that God would not abandon him. But at the same time, I think what is being conveyed in that thought or in that statement is this. Is God, would you continue to prove yourself faithful in my life? But notice what he said next. He said, do not forsake me until. What does that mean? It means this. I want this to be accomplished, God. God, I want this to be true of my life. God, I want this to take place in my life. So he says, 
Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have showed. What does it mean to show something? It means this, to manifest it or to put it on display. God, I want to show something. I want to manifest something. I want to put this on display. So what is it that David said, I want to show and I want to manifest and I want to put on display? He said this, until I have showed thy strength unto this generation. Whose strength did he want that generation to see? He said, Lord, I want to show them your strength. I don't want them to see my strength. God, I don't want them to see my abilities. God, I don't want them to see what I'm capable of. God, what I am asking you to do is this, is in the years ahead, in the days ahead. God, when I am that old gray-headed man, here's what I'm asking you to do. I am asking you to continue to show me your faithfulness. Do not forsake me. Do not abandon me. Do not leave me, God. Why? So that I can show this generation that I am a part of your strength. And God, here's what I also pray. And God, here's what I also ask of you, that I be able to show thy power to everyone that is to come. God, David prays, here's what I want. When I am that old gray-headed man, And people are coming around me and they're visiting with me and they're talking with me and and I'm able to share with them the stories of the past and I'm able to share with them what all has happened in my life. God, here's what I'm wanting you to do. I am wanting you to not forsake me, to continue to be faithful to me. Why? So that when those people are sitting around listening to this old man tell stories, I want to be able to point them to you. And say, let me tell you about the strength of my God. I want to be able to say to them, this is what God did. And this is what God did. And this is what God did. And God provided here. And God provided here. And God made his presence known here. God, I want to be able to sit down with those around me who would be willing to listen to me talk. And I want to be able to tell them of your strength. And Lord, whenever I am dead and gone, and those who would come after me, those who would follow me, God, what I want them to know is your power being present and manifest and made known in my life. David was smart enough to realize, one day I will pass from this life. And when people hear my stories, I want them to hear of the strength of God and the power of God that was made known in my life over And over and over again. If you think about that, it really is an amazing prayer, is it not? Say, well, why is that an amazing prayer? Well, think back to what I said just a moment ago, the position that David would one day rise to as king of Israel. He would rise one day to the king of Israel, and what would he possess? He would possess money like few in their day would have ever possessed. He would have had possessions that few in their day would have ever held in their hands. 
He would have had gold. He would have had silver. He would have had precious stones. He would have had jewels. He would have had animals. He would have had the flocks. He would have had everything that was the sign of wealth, the signs of success, things we talked about this morning in Sunday school. David would have had everything. And do you realize that everything he would have had, you could have put some kind of figure on it as to what it was worth financially? But what was David's prayer? David said, when I'm dead and gone, here is what I want those after me to know and those who listen to my stories as the old gray-headed man. I want them to know the strength of God and the power of God. And do you understand you cannot put a financial figure on that? It's kind of like a cheap paratrooper ring that really in and of itself did not hold a whole lot of monetary value. But because of everything that represented and because of everything that reminded my grandfather of, that was something that was priceless to him. And as a result, it was something that was valued by us. Here is David and here is what he knew. You cannot put a dollar figure on everything that God has done for me. That is priceless to me. There is no monetary value that you can associate with that. And what I hope to pass on is not the wealth and not the possessions and not the things of this world. What I want to pass on to those who are coming up after me is I want them to know the faithfulness of God and the strength of God and the power of God. It's an amazing prayer when you think of all the things that David had in his possession to pass on to something else or to someone else. What he cared about most was, I want the testimony of the Lord's strength and power to be given to the next generation. Now this morning, as we transition into some application, I, I want to say some things, all right, that that I hope you understand. I hope you understand why I'm saying this and, and the intent behind what I'm about to say. I want to begin this morning by saying this, by no means am I against an inheritance. I know that over the years, many, many, many people have passed away and as a result of their passing, they have been able to leave to their, their heirs, to those who would follow after them. They've been able to leave them financial resources, and the financial resources are a blessing to them. I understand that that happens, and I'm not opposed to it, okay? I understand that when people pass from this life, there are some who, because of investments, because of deals they've made and, and shrewd uh, business practices, they've got properties and they've got lands, and they're able to divide that between their kids, whatever it may be, and that's a blessing to the kids, and, and, and I'm not opposed to that. I'm not opposed to when a person passes away, kids or grandkids or whomever it may be, going through the house and, and finding this and saying, oh, I'd like to have that if you don't mind, and oh, I'd love to have that if you don't mind. I'm not opposed to any of that. You understand that? Many people have been helped by inheritances. It's been a blessing to many people over the years. But I want us to think about this truth, and I want us to think about this thought, that so many people... As they pass from this life, you know what's sad? The only thing they leave is money and properties and possessions. But they do not leave 
that which is priceless and that which is invaluable to the next generation. You say, what in the world are you talking about? Talking about this. How many people leave this life and the kids or the grandkids have just come in to some sum of money? They've come in to some measure of property. They've come in to some measure of possession. Whatever it may be. And all that's good and all that's fine. But when that person passed from this life, they never had the ability to say to that next generation, let me tell you about the faithfulness of God in my life. Let me tell you about the strength of God in my life. That's an unfortunate scenario when all a person leaves, those after them, is stuff. So it kind of begs this question. What are we hoping to leave our kids? And what are we hoping to leave our grandkids? Well, I haven't really thought about it. Are you serious? You haven't thought about what you want to leave to the next generation? Any of us could be removed from this world at a moment's notice, and we haven't thought about that? What do we want to leave to the next generation? Friends, it should be our desire that of everything we give the next generation, that we give them an understanding of the faithfulness and the strength and the power of God, so much so that we don't just think they know about it, we hope they know about it, but we know that they know about it. I'm going to ask you, when was the last time you set your kids down and said, let me tell you about the faithfulness of God? I mean, set them down and you made this specific effort of saying, I am going to show you the faithfulness of God in our lives. You say, Brother Kyle, have you ever done that? You better believe we've done it. It wasn't too long ago that we sat at the table at Chicken Express here in town. And I said, kids, I just want to go over some things with you all. And I said, we've spent money here and we've had to do this and we've had to do this and we've had to do this and we've had this expense and we've had this expense. But I want to show you something, kids. I want you to know that me and mom, we have continued to give our tithes and we have continued to give our offerings and we have continued to give to missions. I want you to know, kids, we have continued to try to be faithful and obedient in our tithes and in our resources. And I want you to know that after everything that has happened by way of expenditures. I want you to see what God has done and what God has provided. And we're not hurting one cent more today than we were before this whole mess started. And I want you to know the faithfulness of God in our lives. Because whenever I'm gone, I don't care if I leave him a house that's paid for and two cars in the garage that are paid for. I don't care if that's all I leave them, if I don't leave them a testimony of the faithfulness of God in my life. When was the last time you set your grandkids down? And you said, hey, listen, Grandpa's going to talk to you for a minute. Oh, Grandpa, I've heard this, and I know, I know, I know, but I'm going to tell you one more time. 
And I'm going to give all the praise and all the glory and all the honor to God because he alone is the one who deserves us. When was the last time we set our grandkids down and did that? You say, well, I don't know. I just uh, that's not how we roll at our house. It needs to be how you roll at your house. When was the last time you set them down and said, I want you to know, Grandpa, Grandma, we are where we're at today by the grace and the strength and the power and the faithfulness of God and God alone. I think they know. Get that out of your head. You don't need to think. You need to know that they know. And I don't have a book, chapter, and verse here other than just a, a thought to give you by way of principle from the Old Testament. I recognize, but it's still a good principle to consider. It wouldn't be bad if one day you took the time to just start writing out the testimonies of the faithfulness of God in your life. So why would you write it down? Because there will come a day when you'll be gone and you won't be able to tell the story one more time. So Brother Kyle, is that something you've been doing? As a matter of fact, I have. I think it'd be kind of silly to challenge you to do it and me not be doing it myself. There's a black leather-bound journal on my nightstand that we simply refer to as the Blessings Book. And every year, I take some time, and I just try to do a year in review, so to speak, where I try to recall the blessings of that year. God was faithful here, and God provided here, and in the midst of this challenge, God met this need. And it was just a couple of weeks ago that I sat down and I I made the entry for last year. And as I reflected upon the faithfulness of God, I was once again amazed and overwhelmed with how good God has been to us. And I don't know if it'll be this way. I just, I have no idea. But you know what I'm hoping for? I'm hoping that when I'm the old gray-headed man about to check out, You know what I'm hoping my kids and grandkids are asking about? Not who gets the money. Not how does the house get sold and we get the profits off of that. You know what I hope they're worried about? That blessings book. So that they can be reminded when they're raising their kids. When they're dealing with their grandkids. God was faithful to dad and mom. God will be faithful to us. Dad and mom knew the strength and the power of God. I'm going to go back and I'm going to reread some of that and see how God did the amazing there and how God did the miraculous there. I'm just saying, I I think it profitable and I think it to be helpful to write it down because one day we'll not be able to remember it as clearly as we once did and the kids won't be able to remember it as clearly as they thought they were going to but to be able to go back and say wow God was faithful and God was a God of strength and God was a God of power I don't know if it'll end up that way but I'm hoping that of all the things they're going through the house looking for I hope one of them is clutching that close to them saying nope it's mine I'll make copies of it for you, but no, this is mine. Because I really want to pass on to them. We serve a faithful God. A God of strength and a God of power. 
If we're not telling it, if we're not teaching it, if we're not declaring it, if we're not recording it, if we're not making it a focal point in our relationships with the people after us, then we are failing to give them the greatest thing we can give them. I don't care if you leave each of your kids $10 million. If you haven't left them a testimony of God's faithfulness in a clear and distinct and obvious manner, you have robbed them from the greatest inheritance you could ever give them. What do you hope to leave yours, your children, your grandchildren, those who would come behind you? What are you hoping to leave for them? 